20 seconds away between what happens here and what happens on the street. It's just like, you could just say we're, we're live and I don't fucking know. Well, you just did for us. <laughs> Hello and welcome, everybody, to the Immaterial Gamers Podcast, episode 236, I think it is. Oh, yeah, God. Two times three equals six. I have an echo that I have to fix. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. You should probably do that. I, um. There, I'm there we go. My, my, my Goku logo with the, with the microphone. Bling! Oh, look, Duncan, oh you're dancing God. on the screen. That's me! You look almost yeah. identical! Yeah, look at me go. Just in a different room. I'm in a different room. It's incredible. Yeah, you you've transported time and space. So, yes, episode two three six of the Immaterial Gamers podcast. Two hundred and thirty six episodes in. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of episodes. That's almost five years of episodes. Yeah, it's a lot of episodes. So, who do we have today? We have Terry. I'm hosting, which is really strange. I'm hosting again. Two in a row. Two in yeah. a row. And then we have uh, this other Canadian. It's a Canadian podcast. The all-Canadian podcast. It is. Not the first one, I don't think. No. We're, definitely but, not um, the first one. It's a rare one. Yeah. We usually have at least one Brit, seeing as there's more Brits than Canadians. Usually, but not today. We've, we've Actually, we've... lately, the Canadians have been more overall more live than the Brits, to be honest. You and Andrea do quite a bit. We haven't done stuff in a few weeks now because of my work. Yeah. I, I would very much like to do more streaming. <laughs> but, like, for a little while it was almost like, besides Ryan, it was just you guys streaming. Yeah. So if we you, uh, you we balance it out between the three people, more Canadians than Brits. Indeed. But yeah. So, what have you been That's up to math. since your uh, last podcast? Um, it's just a whole. I don't really remember. I don't even know what the last podcast I was on was. Um. Well, it's been a few weeks, at least. God, I. I mean, life-wise, I've moved to a new room. As a uh, if you, as you your know, background shows, no. As anyone who's familiar with the podcast, as, I, I mean, if you saw the me dancing on the screen a few minutes ago, you know that's not the same room as this one. Yeah. I, I live here now. This is my, this is my dad's old bedroom, my my very first bedroom that I had in this apartment, between the ages of eleven and you know, fifteen or so. Then he came in and stole it. Actually, my mom lived in here for a little while. Oh. Well, me and my dad shared a room. And then at some point, uh, my my dad got his own room, and I well I moved into the tiny bedroom. The teeny tiny and, bedroom. And then after a while, I moved into the master, and I don't ever want to move bedrooms again because moving is fun. Sing singularly the most miserable thing. Like like 
second second only to like a death in the family like moving is the most miserable experience that you can go through as a family it's just the worst you lose shit shit breaks you're exhausted it takes the entire fucking no matter how efficient no matter what your plan is it will always take the entire day to move at least at least one oftentimes it's spread over multiple days and it's like you get to the end of the day right you've been work you've been moving heavy shit around for 12 hours you know you got splinters your lungs are full of dust and you know your shit's just piled up in boxes everywhere and you think well i've got a bed and then you look at your bed and then realize that your bed's covered in all the stuff yeah and it's like yeah and it's like and i'm saying like you eventually get to a point like i have a place i can put my head down i can sleep today i'll just finish moving tomorrow and you don't. You don't finish moving tomorrow. It stays in boxes you, forever. Yeah, it stays in boxes for like three months, and then eventually you open it's like you you know one thing at a time as you need it. You're like, oh, I need to find where my microphone stand is. I'll go digging or through like, where I put that. Last weekend, you didn't know where your camera was, or where my camera is. You know, I couldn't find my fucking my switch power cord today, so I you know cobbled together a solution there, and turn then I found out that my Switch uh, USB controller is fucked, and I can't play Switch games <laughs> until I get a new one. You, a USB, right. you have a USB controller? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It was a better solution than shitty, drifty Joy-Cons. Um, until it Speaking broke. of drifty Joy-Cons, <laughs> that's oh. one of the news articles. <laughs> yeah. Funny, that, funny to mention that. It's good. It's, it's a, I guess it's we a could good. jump into that. How are your drifty Joy-Cons while I get the link? Um, real bad. You know, <laughs> it's bad enough when you're just playing like like a game where like let's say like you're just like free roaming and like you know you got that drift and you're just kind of like pointing north a little bit. Like you can kind of just pull back on that and be like, that's not so bad. Where it really shines, people don't talk about this, but the real like MVP of Joy-Con drift hell is menu navigation. It's just like when you just like scroll to the top of your menu and you try to pull down to. A lower item and it goes scrolls right back up and it's like wow thanks i hate it <laughs> yeah because it's not like you can just finesse the controls to cancel yeah. that because you don't know yeah because it's yeah because it's not no... like there's no like dpi it's just fucking like options do 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 you yeah. know like there's only like nine positions and yeah eventually you'll find the right position but you'll never get it back there when you need to it's yeah, not it's... like you can see yourself drift and then just counter it yeah, it's it's really annoying. So that's why I had a USB controller, and that's broken. I could have gotten a Pro controller, except Pro controls are like a hundred bucks. So fuck that. <laughs> uh, so I got a USB one instead, and hopefully that'll work for now. But yeah, but, so but talking about those. But yeah, so the basically the uh, the news that I put in there is uh, an American judge dismissed the lawsuit against Nintendo. For its Joy-Con drift issue. Not a surprise to anyone that Joy-Con drift lawsuits exist. Um, and uh, apparently this is the first time it's been thrown out. Yeah, and uh, the reason is because all owners agreed to the end-user license agreement, the EULA, that disallows lawsuits. Yeah, they just have a fucking thing that says you're not allowed to sue us for shit that breaks or whatever. Yeah. 
wow, I'm like 90% sure that that's like not how that's supposed to work, I'm but apparently sure that's, that's apparently that's law. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure at least in America, I'm pretty sure that's not a real thing. I'm pretty sure like if a EULA contradicts an existing statute or precedent that it is invalid and <laughs> doesn't work. But I don't know. Either this judge was having an off day or Japanese law works different. Either way, the lawsuit got tossed out. And yeah. uh, So if you were hoping to get a free Joy-Con or reimbursement for Joy-Con purchases, uh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, see, like, the only thing that I can think of that would allow this judge to say, yeah, it's gone, is the fact that people were stupid enough to sign the EULA. I'm one of them. I've signed that EULA. I'm sure of it. Uh, I own two switches in my house, at least. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure I've signed that EULA somewhere. Um, sure, you've signed that EULA somewhere. I'm pretty sure yeah. when you just activate the device, you have to sign the EULA. So, I'm sure we've signed it. And it just goes to prove that maybe we should be reading the EULAs. Like that one company that decided to, as an April Fool's joke, say, uh, we own your soul when they updated their EULAs. See, that would be an example of an unenforceable EULA clause. Yes. You, you definitely cannot own someone legally Well, in like pretty much any part of the world. Unfortunately for you, you don't have, well, you have one soul because you're Canadian, but yeah, I had to go I got there. One back. I had to go there. <laughs> But yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned the Driftcon Drift. Driftcon Driftcon. Drift Drift that's what they should be yeah, called. Might as well just, might as well just call them Driftcons. It'd be about yeah. the same goddamn difference. But yeah, the Joy-Con Drift. Yeah, so I'm if you're looking to sue Nintendo, you're not going to be getting anything from them. So Six fork. years we waited for this, and uh, we got this wet fart of a conclusion. Yeah. Thanks. So unfortunately, all you can do is go out and buy more and have more drifts. <laughs> I also love like the, the the statement at the very bottom of this is, is like it's like statement from Nintendo. It's just like their their apology, where basically they just say we're sorry you don't like the Joy Cons. We're not doing anything about it. Fuck you. <laughs> we continue to aim to improve it, basically. Yeah, I'm sure you do. You had six years you, to fix the problem. You aim to improve it by. Um... Making the next system is what they're going to be doing. Their next system will have a better Joy-Con. That'll have a different type of drift, or a different reason for the drift. Mm. But nowadays, every single controller seems to have a drift. Have you noticed? Um, I, The only controller I really handle much is, is, is the well, there's controllers. The big thing for the PlayStation controllers having drifts. The brand new PlayStation's controllers were having drifts. Oh yeah, uh, that's me that's and Darius nice. talked about that probably like a year ago now, but it like, just seems to be like a <laughs> I like the idea. There's like, oh yeah, the brand new, top of the line, right off the shelf. Well, it was barely, brand new, barely unboxed PlayStation controllers. You know, a hey, year or so ago, it might have been in two, this market. Like, who even knows? You might have just been able to get one now, with the way the markets have been going. Well, yeah, I mean. The, whole PlayStation the only thing that you could get your hands on is a switch <laughs> and then deal with the drift tokyo drift but yeah but so yeah no video games i i, have, I don't i haven't really been playing a whole lot of video games 
I really haven't. I'm We're like... a gaming streaming platform. Come on. You have I to know. play it's games. Just like, it's just like I feel like what I it's like it's like I felt like almost every day. It's just like I either gotta get up first thing in the morning and fuck off to nowhere land to go get to work. Or I get up and my work's in the night, but I don't really have enough time to really get in anything. I basically have enough time to get up and like you know, feed myself. And like, you know, make sure that I'm like prepared for work. And then I go and then I come back home at like 11. And I'm like, well, I got to go to sleep now. I'm tired. You know, it's just like, I feel like I just haven't felt like the motivation or time to play much. I think that feeling's called being an adult. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm feeling feeling the press. I'm feeling the squeeze of adulthood. Are we? Oh, I I paused for screen. Whoops! I thought we were broken. We're not. That's no, just I've me. Been, I've been I'm broken. Lily's um, broken. If you can't hear, that's that's very sad. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yes, wow. yes, that's your paw. Thank you. Um, I played the only game I really played of it. I mean, I played like two maps of the new Fire Emblem game. I'm not even about talking about it because I have said I've played so little of it so far, and I really want to play more of it before I have a whole breakdown of it i've played a lot of uh, games of um uh team fight tactics by myself oh you know just where was my invite comp fuck off i play by myself <laughs> fuck off i don't want to play with you i don't play with anybody so get away from me stop talking <laughs> to me leave me alone i'm anti-social the anti-social canadian yeah exactly i've only got the one soul damn it yeah <laughs> I, I can't share any. it with anybody so, so yeah, I just you know just experimenting with compositions in that game, trying to get my get what do you like so far? A little bit. Um, like I'm I like the there's been like this sort of like this, this sort of like a puddle of characters that I like. It's sort of like hearts are good. Hearts are broken. It, it... Hearts and like <laughs> mascot. With like some brawler in there, like we're 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 looking good with those. I I've been doing a lot of heart mascot. Um, what else have I been playing around with? Star Guardian. If you get a decent team of Star Guardian, um, like in Fortune Favor, if you start with Talia, who's a Star Guardian, a purple star Star Guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a game where. She was so broken because she was just non-stop casting. Because basically Star Guardian is... You need nine to get the max Star Guardian. Mm-hmm. But what it okay. does is gives you 200% mana gains. And from my understanding, it gives you 200% from every single mana gain that you would get. So they've modified blue buff so it's not like you get 10 mana after you cast the new blue buff is if you cast an ability and then kill somebody within 3 seconds of casting an ability you get 10 mana per kill so (laughs) 200% makes it 20 mana per kill I think she only has 70 mana or 80 mana or something like that. I can't remember. Don't hold me to her actual mana. But she was dealing two to 3,000 damage per cast. 
And she always targets the furthest enemy. And it's an AoE, like a line AoE. Yeah. So she's casting it through the pretty much everybody, if you have her in the right placement. And if she kills two or three people, she basically just casts again. <laughs> yeah. So she's just nonstop casting. And it was to the point where the only team that had a chance of beating me was a mascot tanky team. And once I... I can't remember if I got her gold or not, but basically once I got her gold, it was done. Like, it either gold or silver, I can't remember what it was. Um, she was just doing outputting enough damage that nobody could do anything to get to her because I had her so protected. Are the hearts? I can't remember. Are the hearts the ones that they they, they get the the they get the AP ramp? Yes. Every time yeah, they cast yeah. an ability, they give a specific amount of AP to yeah. all your team. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I, 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 yeah that that I, I've played with that that combo of Lulu plus heart. Yeah. That's, and then you give her like like spear of Shojin or something, and it's just uh, like it's just like machine gun Lulu is a real thing in this I, game. Just like, <laughs> that game. I had Talia as a heart. So she was non-stop casting. And then if you did end up killing her, I had a secret weapon hidden in the back corner. Okay. Of fiddlesticks. <laughs> that I think ended up being gold at the end. Oh dear. It, it was a it was an it ended I'm the game. I'm winning, I'm winning. <laughs> yeah. So have you paid any attention to fiddlesticks? Do you know how Not it works? Much. I mean, my only under the only the closest thing I had to understand is like he, like he just kind of like stands around until like your team is like hurt, and then he just he has blinks three, into the field. He has three things. One, he doesn't do anything until he's taken a certain amount of damage, or he's the last guy in the field. His second okay. thing is, as he's standing there, he's gaining AP. So, his third thing is, if I can't remember if these two tie together or not, but he gains AP for each of his allies that die. Oh dear. So it's either he's gaining AP from, I can't remember if he's gaining AP from the people that die, or he's also gaining AP. I don't remember offhand. Uh, well, he would either probably, way, I, mean, I mean, he's obviously he would obviously be getting AP from the heart buffs. Yes, which is why I usually do that. So he's gaining AP over time from the heart buff, for sure. That might be why I'm a little bit confused. I might have been doing that. Um, and then he gains AP for every ally that dies. He absorbs their souls. Um, so yeah, if you have him with heart and like a rod or um, what's it called? The one that keeps gaining AP over time. Yeah, the Archangel Staff. Yeah, yeah. Archangel Staff. Have an Archangel Staff. I've I build Lifesteal into him, even though he already has Lifesteal built into his alt. Just for uh, extra Lifesteal so he doesn't die. Um, then he can take enough hits to re basically just constant cast. Um, but yeah, basically if you can kill the army, then all of a sudden this Fiddles comes out and just wipes out everybody. And once Fiddles is gold, there's there's no stopping them. Um, I had one game where I had a gold Nunu. 
that was pretty broken. Mm-hmm. He was hitting everybody for well, I think it was like 4K off the start, and it was just <laughs> getting stronger and stronger. <laughs> so his first ball level just does about 4K damage. Then it grows. Just a casual 4,000. Yeah. Um, and he's mascot, so he's super tanky as it is. It was, uh, yeah. But Stefan's definitely had the most broken game I've seen so far. Um, Urgot is probably the most broken legendary unit. Or five star, or five gold unit. I've heard a lot of hype around Urgot, yeah. Um, Because he can just basically farm you money. Uh, His ability, he has, every time he casts his alt, he has a chance to spawn a chest, which has money or items in it. Um, And the more AP he has, the more chance he has of spawning it. And I think by default it starts at 20%. And if you give him a decent amount of AP, it'll go up to like 25%. He doesn't have a big mana pool either, so he's casting a lot. But he can spawn multiples. I think if he, when he um, goes to silver, he can spawn multiples per cast. Oh, God. And basically, you can just start printing money and items. And this one game, he had, I think, a gold fiddlesticks, a gold ergot, a gold nunu... Almost a gold Mordekaiser. <laughs> like, he was just golding all the legendary units. Like, there was no beating him. Because he just had so much money being printed out. God. And that that's how you break teamfight tactics. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Sounds like fun. <laughs> but yeah, I've been enjoying this this patch of teamfight tactics. Especially the, uh, what's it called? Uh, Fortune's Favor. Where you start with a, like a legendary or a purple unit. Definitely been enjoying that. Yeah, I've been mostly playing like just uh, the hyper roll, but yeah, I should try some more of that. Maybe we'll have a game later then. Maybe. Uh, so other things in the news. I, I I haven't had one of these for a while, and I'm pretty sure they were not talked about last week because it was only two days ago that this post was put here um so let's do a what the fuck blizzard oh boy we haven't done one of these in a while and i i miss it so since we have one of these there's the news article and just from the title i haven't read the article yet but just from the title activision blizzard Agrees to pay $35 million to settle a workplace misconduct charge. Um, charges, yeah. Charges, plural? Yes, charges, plural. Um, a pair of charges. Two separate charges. I thought there was more than two, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um... So basically, yeah, I don't need to go into it to say that they've uh, agreed to pay. Like, obviously, that's already said and done. But the sp- a spokesperson for Activision told 
the VGC who oh the video game chronicles the people that are uh, doing this article uh, we are pleased to have amicably resolved this matter as the order recognizes we have enhanced our disclosure process with regards to workplace reporting and updated our separation contract language. What? Separation contract language. The fuck does that even mean? I'm assuming that me that's something related to like uh, clarifying certain elements to like what happens when someone quits or is fired. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, we did so as part of our continuing commitment to operational excellence and transparency. There's Activision... nothing excellent about the way fucking Activision Blizzard operates, but go on. They they just take people's money, including mine, because I'm playing WoW again. <laughs> That's the all only that. thing excellent about their operations is how excellent the amount of content people get by complaining about how bad they are as a company. Yeah, well... I'll give them this. They do put out good games. Yeah, like you're, you're, yeah. you're a big fan of the StarCraft series. Mm. I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of StarCraft and WarCraft. Um, but yeah, basically they've they've come to a an agreement to pay out thirty five million dollars, a thirty five million dollar penalty, which means the people that are actually Winning this trial, we're probably getting like a portion of that, not even a big portion of it. Most of it's probably going to court fees. I bet you the people that are involved in this plea only got like a million dollars each or something like that. The rest is probably court fees, knowing the way the court systems work. But, um, yeah, sexual misconduct always, always everyone's favorite. Oh, yeah, it. It was a good one this time, Activision. They, they, you guys, you guys, uh, pucked it up this time. Hockey pucked it up. It's just like it feels to. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm like not exactly like, you know, the optimal, you know, peak performance example. You know, Giga Chat example of you know the typical heterosexual male. You know, like there's definitely things that I could do differently to make myself more in line with what is considered the statistical norm. So I'm not exactly a perfect example. From my perspective, the wrong perspective, it seems like it would be really easy to not sexually harass people in the workplace. Because like I've never even like wanted or thought about doing that. Like It's never even occurred to me like, eh, maybe I'll take this risk. Fuck it. What's the worst thing that can happen? Like It's just not something that occurs to me. It's something to do. Yeah, well, usually it doesn't necessarily occur to you like that it's usually just your views or your position on where that line between a normal conversation is varies from someone else like you and me would have very different lines on what you can and can't say to somebody mm. but there's still a very solid line of what's acceptable some people get easily offended we, we've i'm sure you've met plenty of people that are easily offended you've dealt with lots of customers in your stores and stuff like that um mm. but yeah there's definitely a very solid line on what you should and shouldn't say 
and I don't know what these people have said or what they did per se. There's so many articles out there and I'm not going through it all. Um, all of it, sexual misconduct and just in general, like be professional at work. Talk about work and do what you have to do for work. If you become friends with somebody, have your friendly time outside of work. Inside yeah. work should be, I would say 75% of any conversation at work should be about work. Sure, you have some times where you can enjoy yourself, but for the most part, keep your social life out of work. Because just saying something that you watched on TV can offend a lot of people from different religions or different backgrounds, different like ways of life. And it's so easy nowadays to offend somebody that uh, that it's just not worth it at a workplace. I mean, to 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 backpedal on that a little bit, I should say that it's not necessarily about whether or not someone gets offended about something. It is also about whether or not the 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 issue in question is inha- is innately offensive. You know, like. You know, you can say something and it could come out wrong or you could be, you know, actually say something insensitive and for to have someone else take offense to that. But that's not the same thing as, say, I don't know, someone like asking someone for like a hand job. Like, yeah, that's everyone should be offended by. Well, that. that's, that's what I was that, saying. That would be an example of an innately offensive. Thing. Yes. Like we don't know the nature like for all of like, you know, like, you know, these, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like there's, who, who there's knows, an right? obvious line that you can't cross. But there's also that very fine line where most normal conversations teeter close to. And like I said, some like there's a lot of religions and stuff like that um, where just talking about what kind of foods you eat can be offensive to them. Um, but things like that should not be able to affect your job, but people can take offense to it. So that's why I'm on that sort of, it's almost better to not talk too much at a workplace about personal life and experience and stuff like that. And try to just keep it professional and get the job done. Do your 8, 10, 12 hour day, whatever it is. Sure, if you work for Activision Blizzard, it's more like a 37 hour day. Yeah, somehow they add hours to the day. But, yeah. Um, either way, it is what it anyway, is. Like I said, I, I don't really I know. know. I, hope they're, I, hope they're, I hope they're doing fine. Yeah. Like, mm, I hope they Bl- sort out the got, Blizzard's got $35 million to spare somewhere. I'm sure they've got that tucked on their couch cushions. I'm sure every time the CEO of Blizzard goes to do his laundry, fucking drops $35 million just trying to sort out the fucking change. Yeah, probably, but... So, we're, we're probably... They're probably fine there, so... Anyway, what what's what's next on the on the, the dough kit? Well, do you know what E3 is? Something about entertainment? Yeah, um... 
Like they convinced it's a, didn't it's that a... like stop existing or some shit? Well, it's I, I would say it's gonna get pretty hurt pretty good now. Um it's an basically it's an entertainment trade show. Um that happens in uh, Los Angeles. And apparently really Xena, don't push stuff off my desk. My new kitten's a menace. Um so Rip. like an entertainment trade show um, where you go to see the newest things that are coming up sort of like an auto show where you see some of the new cars and prototypes and stuff like that and they get your thoughts and can make modifications to what they're planning and stuff like that so this is the the first physical event in four years coming up or happening or not uh however it appears yeah when it hits los angeles in june uh it will be without three of its most important draws um xbox sony and nintendo have all uh have, has been it's been heard that all three of those will not be present on the show floor. Well, that that's a lot of big ones. <laughs> Especially when it comes to like the, the I mean, that's all of them. That's the main three. <laughs> that, that's the only three gaming companies really that like have console-based gaming's really um besides like arcade games and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't wait to to see the next uh, House of the Dead game at E3. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that that's that's well, not yeah, a good I mean, sign. These people, um, well, yeah, I mean, these people, they've got their own shows at this point, right? Like, that's, like, I feel like that's been, like, the direction that so many companies are taking now, where it's sort of, like, this, like, I, exclusivity is the word I'm looking for, where it's, like, every entertainment company, every entertainment company wants to own as many things as possible and then they want to stop like you know freely associating in these like common grounds areas you know we're getting you know the the media companies are getting away from things like netflix which was like a general like any genre any company you know type of service and they're making their own streaming services with their own exclusive content that they've bought up been merged into uh and now the and now the gaming companies are all like they want to they, they just want to have their own shows they want to have their own like uh unveilings and and so forth which uh you know i all power to them i guess if that's if that's you know good for their bottom line i don't know there's a part of me that kind of makes me think like maybe that's for, maybe that's a good thing you know like we have the, you know this is supposed to be about uh upcoming events in the in the gaming world maybe e3 is better if that space gets reallocated to like just smaller companies yeah to, you know, I, I showcasing have to... their shit at, at booths yeah i have to agree with that like the the so-called big three, as they even put in the article, uh, basically overpower the whole market as it is. 
So the only downside is that if those three aren't going, there's a lot of people that aren't going to go to the event. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with you on the fact that it will be a lot less flooded with the money that those big three companies have compared to all these smaller companies that just want to get started and need to get some awareness. Yeah, because to me, it's like, that's where those kinds of companies need to go to get the word out. If You know, like Nintendo doesn't, Nintendo doesn't need to go to E3 to unveil their next fucking Mario game, you know, like they've got their own system. They got billions of dollars they can pump into native and, you know, second party just, you know, distributors you know, they can, yeah. you know, billions of dollars that they can pump into an advertising campaign like that tomorrow. Yeah. And they don't, you know, but it's just like you go to a place like E3 where, you know, hopefully, you know, many thousands of people are going to be there. That might be a good place if you're just like, a, you're just starting out. You've got like six people on the team, you know, and you're just, you know, you're, you're about halfway to yeah, uh, you just coded up your nice your project, your pro, your programs and stuff like that. And you just gotta drum up some interest, you know, yeah. get some get some eyes on you, hand out some business cards. Yeah, you know those kinds of people they can't afford to create, you know, a multi million dollar mass media campaign across the internet. Yeah, you know that a physical handout that they spent, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars all in setting up at a booth is you know an efficient form of marketing distribution for those kinds of you know th th that size of a company and i think you know i i think that if people can get over the fact that these companies that i mean let's be honest like if you're gonna buy the next nintendo game you're gonna buy the next fucking nintendo game like you don't need to go to some you know travel to a, some you know, halfway across the world to some fucking convention to watch a trailer that you're going to see on the internet in two months anyway, to play a game that's going to be out in six months that you're probably going to pre-order before you've even <laughs> played the damn thing anyway. Like, you're going to like you're gonna play these games, all right? If you're a Mario fan, you're going to play Mario. You know, it's like, oh boy, a trailer, great. I'm glad I spent all that money to go see that trailer. Uh, but maybe... You, 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 you might stumble across a, a neat smaller project that's not that that's something you wouldn't have heard about otherwise while you're there and that's that's i think that's more interesting and more valuable i don't uh i don't i i think people need to like kind of get over hype culture and get back into like actually being invested in companies for the sake of what they make yeah rather than just the brand behind it <clears throat> i'm trying to figure out this next article um, but i don't know what it's actually talking about ryan posted it i'm not actually sure what it's about oh the um, live service thing yeah the live service game bubble okay so i guess the idea here is that it's like I guess the idea that it's like so live service games I mean this basically just 
refers to any type of game that has a central server owned by the company where it requires some connectivity um to to play yeah and that doesn't necessarily apply only to multiplayer games and online multiplayer games there yeah actually a, there's actually an increasing number of single player games that still that, require you to verify that, yeah, that that tracks you know like cloud services and and verify yourself verify your credentials and stuff through live services so live service game is is a thing that like it applies to a lot of games i think they're mainly focusing on the multiplayer games in this yeah but the idea is that it's like uh there's so many of them and that the like turnover rate of live service games is so high that like they're gonna get to a point where they're just not financially viable anymore yeah unfortunately most of them are trying to just get people to play but the issue is they also got to get people to pay and so many of these services are free that it's hard to actually earn any money I don't think that's what this is actually getting into though um I think it's more talking about how it's just getting so flooded. Well, I mean, they're getting flooded, which is causing them to not, you know, survive financially. Like, I think, I mean, I think the base, I think the idea is that it's like, it's, it's like you said, it's like the cost of the game is so great that you know by the time you know interest in the game kind of wanes they don't uh you know it's they just can't keep the game alive yeah and they're spending so much money just trying to keep content going out that uh well i've complained about live service games multiple times on this podcast you know the big problem with these games is that when you have a live service there is an ongoing cost to running the game even if lit- even if there's zero literally no active development or troubleshooting whatsoever in your game just owning a room that has servers in it that are maintained and like kept functional and drawing electricity just that by itself is a cost and it is an yeah. ongoing cost and how many... until the day you turn those servers off yeah and how many games have we played as when we were younger that if we decide oh let's go play that game we load it up go to play the multiplayer and it's no longer available yeah well that's just it like the cuz yeah, unfortunately and, and the... they never made and... it so that and that's you because could... And that's all because of the the you know, big the big problem with that is the death of LAN. Yeah, you know, but, nothing's LAN. Like, yeah, everything is online nothing, now. Yeah, almost nothing could be hosted. Yeah, like you could go right now, and go play Halo Two, a game whose online service has been dead for years. Yeah, years that game has been offline, and you can go play it right now if you've got a copy of Halo Two and a couple of and an Xbox, and you could go play a local game with that you can you know play local multiplayer on that right now and it would work just fine exactly as it did yeah 
you local know, 18 years ago but that's because that was just that was that's how, it, how was it, was. it was it was it was developed that way yeah but like you know when starcraft finally kicks the bucket i mean it's it's kicking it's going it's still surviving yeah but well that's one, there's, the there's only gonna reason, be a day the there's gonna be reason. a day like a year from now 10 years from now who knows but there's gonna come a day where those servers are gonna turn off yeah there's all the only reason starcraft the original starcraft servers are still up is literally because they're probably running side by side with starcraft 2 servers yeah, they probably allocated they were... just a tiny little space of those servers for the few people that still play StarCraft One competitively. They're still surprisingly. I mean, they've they've kind of migrated over to like the remastered system, and they probably have like a new set of like servers for all that. Probably, business. but like there's still a fairly a pretty a large and active player base yeah. for StarCraft One, but the remade version anyway. Um, my fear is, what happens to the day? Like, I have a lot of games on my computer. Like, okay, one of the games that I've been playing lately, Space Engineers. I could technically host a server. I can download a dedicated server and host it off my own computer. Or I could, it's built into the game, I could literally just host it so people could play, like connect to me and play. Mm-hmm. But it verifies through Steam. It verifies your characters through Steam. Your account through Steam. That's its login. What okay. happens when Steam dies? Obviously, it's not going to happen for a very long time. What we, happens? We, I mean, for all we, we, we may all well be dead and buried by the time that happens, but probably will be. It Steam will probably you know, be around longer than us. You know, I mean, it's not an immortal program. Companies come have to go. pretend that they live forever. They but come and go. They do end eventually. And yeah, that's, Steam may have a hundred right. years, like, may have two hundred years. Yeah, but eventually it, it will end. Something else will replace it. That's yeah, just the and, way and we this are. Is, this is an ongoing problem with with uh, live service games. Is that it's like once the online service goes dead, you, there's no game anymore. Yeah, and you know we're paying to you know we are purchasing games. We are buying these products that have indefinite expiry dates. And they're all variable. Some of them might have an expiry day of five years. Some of them might have an expiry date of three months. Yeah. How many Depends games, on how successful the games is. How many games that are in development that you can buy pre-release on Steam that say, we're going to give you all of this. And then you're like, oh, that seems awesome. And I like the game right now. So I'm going to buy the game and play it as it is. And then hopefully when they add all these extra features, it's going to be even more. And then they stop putting out updates. They never got to where they wanted to get. Either they had internal problems, not enough money, not enough whatever, or sometimes it comes down to their game engine just can't produce the outcome that they need. So the only way to actually get there is they have to get a new game engine, which means they basically have to rebuild their whole game and they don't have the money for that. So, like, there, there's, yeah, there's indefinite, or there, there's always going to be an indefinite end to everything. Um, and that's the scariest part is, technically, if Steam went bankrupt, somehow they did something stupid and went bankrupt or got sued and decided, that's it, we're pulling the plug. How many games are going to have to make a patch or an update so that we can 
connect to other people playing. Because so many games rely on Steam or Epic or something, some sort of external service to connect you to other people. Yeah, well, that I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's just it. Like, you know, the, you know, one. It, it, I mean, the, like I said, this like the the big problem is that it's like after a certain point, like when a game stops being served by a company, if they do not, you know, put out the necessary software to enable you to, you know, produce, you know, create your own servers and become the host of these games if they don't give you the ability to do that you know there is no game the yeah. game is dead like you may and still then, you, know, you may like, still have single player functionality if it's a single player functionality game but yeah like there's a game like that came out a long time ago a game called dark spore sort of a spinoff of the spore yeah uh games and it was kind of like um I don't even. It was like a Diablo clone type of game. I remember. Um, it. And yeah, and you can't play that game anymore. That is not a game that if you yeah, uh, you EA gave can't up on it. it. But even if you could buy it, if yeah, if you if you tried to get it now and tried to play it now, you would not be able to play it because it's all that online. game required online connectivity. Yeah, even though it was a single player game. It was you required a connection through EA, and they those servers don't exist anymore. Yeah, and so like that's a product that's like if you bought that game, or its retail price, it is now unusable. And it's yeah. just like it's weird that you can have these like we think of video games as products. Like I buy a game, a copy of Pokemon Emerald for the Game Boy Advance. Like that's a product that I bought in a store off a shelf. It came with a physical cartridge and a book and all this in a in a box and all this stuff i think that is a product that i bought but now we're buying these products these digital products that aren't really products because you know like nintendo can't turn off my copy of pokemon emerald you know like they can't just decide that that game doesn't work anymore that's like physically they, that is not possible for them to do no, the only you way know, it's like, the only way it'll ever happen is if one your cartridge if, stops if the, working. Yeah, if the cartridge fails. But or like that's like what I'm saying. Like the game like they can't just like fail. Yeah, but like that's what I mean. Like that has nothing to do with Nintendo. Like you know, like they can't make a an executive decision that it's like, well, it's no longer cost efficient for us to, you know, allow you to play Pokemon Emerald. So we're just gonna come over to your house and smash your cartridge. <laughs> yeah. It's like they can't do that, but they, but with these games, these online, these live service games, doesn't matter if they're multiplayer, single player, hybrid, what have you, they can do that now. They can, you can buy this product that you're supposed to just have forever or as long as you're willing to sustain it, but you don't. You have it for as long as the developers want, to... want you to have it, yeah. you know, as long as it is. As long as they can afford to ha allow you to play it, yep. And and that's that, that's not right. That doesn't seem right to me. That yeah, as long like, as they feel like, like, like you have like enough, you have of sort it. of this, you have this sort of like under you know understood agreement between you and the developer when you play a game like World of Warcraft. You know, you're paying a subscription 
for a service. You're the service is you get access to their their service, their game. You know, and you pay every month to play this game. See, at and, least you know, in that and, situation, and every, time, and every time there's like a big package of new content, you buy the new expansion. Yeah. See, at least in that situation, you know that the product's going to last for a while, and you, well, you know, you can also stop paying. When it's more not. importantly, yeah, yeah, more importantly than you know the package will go on for a while. You decide when you are no longer when you are done with this product. When you have gotten what you consider to be your money's worth out of this thing. You just turn off your subscription and you don't have that game anymore. I mean, you have it, but it's like you don't get to play it anymore. Uh, and that's different because, number one, if you resubscribe, you still keep all of your, you know, your purchases. Uh, number two, you didn't, you know, like. It's like I say, it's a subscription as opposed to, you know, it's a service that you're paying for rather than, you know, a, a product. But it's different when you buy a game like Overwatch, for example. This is relevant because Overwatch 1 servers recently were turned off in favor of Overwatch 2, which I bet they're probably the same fucking servers. Um, just repurposed. Um, yeah, pretty much. So every, you know, I mean, I bought Overwatch. It had a retail cost of, you know, whatever, like 50 US dollars or whatever. I paid that amount of money. And that amount of money that I paid is no longer it is no longer tied to a product that i own you know i well, own you, overwatch but you i own the code to but it, it's worthless but you can't play it yeah yeah it's i mean my ownership of that game is essentially worthless because it's not a game that i can play anymore you know it doesn't even have a single player so it's like yeah no server for me so it's like that's that's the kind of thing i'm talking about like we're buying these things that we think that we own and we think are ours, and they're not. We don't have any control over them at all. Yeah. And it's a problem. It's unfortunate that, like, things like that can happen. And most of the time when it happens, the companies that flip that switch, so to speak, they're already so far done with that product that they're not going to put out an update or something that you can host a local game with your friends if you wanted to or something like that. And big, it's and, and it's not even so much it's less about it's not even so much about like um about that it's 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 also a matter of like intellectual property protection like they're so like anal about like who has access to their IPs and yeah. control over their IPs that they don't want to give you the ability to like, you know, sort of like reverse engineer their game essentially. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. Okay. In a, in an, in an uncharitable interpretation of, uh, of gamers in a, in a post live service world, you could say, Oh, this person now has access to whatever, like the, like the master code or whatever and they can now host yeah the their game oh okay well they'll just start charging people like 4.99 a month on uh on like whatever patreon or whatever to get access to the game that they now have the code for and now they're profiting off of a game that they don't own and they just yeah they're profiting they, off they, a game yeah. that they didn't buy or they didn't make and 
that's a legitimate concern. I legitimately think that that is a thing that companies should be allowed to protect themselves from. But the solution is not do nothing about it and just let games die and, you know, throw other people's money in the garbage. Because that's what it boils down to. Like, they are burning, like, across the industry, they are burning billions of dollars of other people's money, of other people's games that they have bought, just for their own, like, protection, essentially. Yeah. Which is kind of a shitty trade, if I'm being honest. And, like, it, it really sucks, especially when there's a game that you can play, like, that's playable, like, uh, Darkspore. That's basically a solar... If I think it did have multiplayer, but it was also a game that you could play on your own. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, you can no longer play that at all because their servers are gone. Like, in situations like that, at least with... Um, they should at least allow some sort of way of at least hosting it or downloading your character file if that's what it is or whatever and being able to play on your own computer. But unfortunately, yep. most companies, when, they, when they're that close to cutting or flipping the switch, they don't care anymore. They just, this product's dead to us. It's no, costing it's us profitable. money. Yeah, well, it's I mean, costing it, us what, money. Yeah, what it comes down to is it's it's well, what it comes down to is that it's just not profitable for them to go out of their way, like you know, like even if it costs like one guy like one day's work to release that, that's still like it is literally a zero. Yeah, you know, it doesn't benefit them any, so revenues. they're not going to do it. Yeah, it doesn't benefit them, and it can, and it runs the potential of hurting them theoretically, yeah. and then. Unlikely, but not unforeseeable circumstance. All right. Well, our our rant, I think, is uh, probably never over on that topic because it's it's always going to be a sore spot on a lot of people. As it turns out, the uh, inevitable march of time and uh, the the uh, dour and and horrible state of late game capitalism as it pertains to the video game industry is. not always a particularly fun topic and it will continue to be an unfun topic until we're all dead or the the game apocalypse finally happens yeah so the normal way of going out on that happy note (laughs) (laughs) the normal way of going out is we talk about the schedule and i always suck with the schedule because i never know what the schedule is but mondays what happens Mondays? Something happens Mondays, and I don't remember the, what the it not, is. The not yet titled oh, yeah. Monday. The not yet titled Monday with Ryan. with Ryan. And then Tuesday is usually you guys, isn't it? Is if it if me and Andrea are going to do anything, it's usually on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll see. I may do something um, during the schedules. day, possibly, because I've got work at like five, so I might do something kind of earlier in the day. Okay. Um, we'll see. I would very much like to, but I can't make any promises. Wednesday, Wednesday is kind of a weird. Wednesday is a weird day. It's like sometimes Stefan and Darius does something on Wednesdays. Yeah, sometimes Stefan and Darius but, play Void know. Train, or sometimes Stefan will stream something. Um, 
Thursdays is team the fight. absolute worst settings of all time. Yeah. Thur- <laughs> Thursday is uh, team fight tactics. That one I know. Yep. Friday. Team fight Thursday. Yeah. Friday is uh, let's play day. Or not let's play. Uh, yep. Play all- session. Play oh. session day. That's copyrighted. Yeah. Rooster, Rooster Teeth owns that until they stop existing. <laughs> but for uh, now, they own it. Yeah. And then Saturday, it'll be Ryan in the morning because he's a crazy person streaming early, 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 early mornings doing a... I think he does his RP, his role-playing Not Emma Game games or whatever he wants to call it. Not Emma Games, yep. And That's I him. think he does it also Sunday mornings. The same sort of thing. And then obviously Sunday night uh, will be the podcast again. Yeah, loops back around to the podcast. Yeah. So and, and and now you are here again. We oh we hit our uh, hundred streamers or <laughs> hundred streamers. We hundred hit our, streamers. Oh wow, we got a lot of streamers now. No, we hit our hundred uh, followers oh, on uh, Twitch. So Come next Saturday, next Saturday will be a twelve-hour stream actually of Ryan playing Sonic. Not um, yay. Not uh, his normal thing. So that might cut into his Saturday and Sunday streams. He might not do those normal ones. Probably not after doing a 12-hour stream. I mean, yeah, probably not, yeah. Um, but, um, but if we can hit 100 followers... Oh, it's it's moved to the 18th? Okay, so it's a week after that. Sorry. I'll so, be away. I'll be in Cuba. Oh, so you're going to be away. Oh, my God. So Stefan's away next weekend. So he, Ryan wouldn't stream that weekend. So you're going to be away the weekend after. That's it. We're just not streaming. How about that? <laughs> I'm kidding. So apparently I'm, it's the I'm, 18th. I'll be, I'll be out of the country. Apparently it's the 18th that uh, Ryan's doing his 12-hour stream of Sonic. But yeah. if we get 100 followers on YouTube, this guy over here is going to have to do a stream. Uh, other, other direction, but yeah. On my that's... stream, you're over there. So that's all that matters. Oh, oh okay. That's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Yeah, I'm I'm going to play the YouTube. other Sonic. Yeah, he's going to play the bad Sonic and I'm going to play the slightly better Sonic. And uh <laughs> the mine is longer. His is 130 emblem Set every man ever. <laughs> Not every man. Let's be honest. There there's some man out there. Um but yeah, I'll 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 fall on that knife. I'll see if I can set up a, a day where I can uh, do a 12-hour stream. If we get to the 100 YouTube Everybody go to YouTube and follow it right now. Do it now. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Force him into commanded. it. But yeah, from all of us at uh, Immaterial Gamers, have a good one. Like, share, follow, subscribe, please. We love it, and we want to make these guys suffer with their 12-hour streams. And uh, yay, pain and suffering. Until our next stream. Have a good one. Bye.